honestly, if we're wrong, if these guys open back up and everybody has their money, we're going to come out here and we're going to eat some fucking crow. And we're going to talk about how we were wrong about all these red flags lining up. I don't think we are, but I'm happy to. Yep. And, and if we do, we should try to analyze, uh, you know, what, where and why, you know, what assumptions we made that maybe we didn't take into account, how our biases played a role. But more than likely, we'll just be telling you, see? <laughs> yeah. All right, welcome to the Crypto Basic Podcast. It's Brent Philbin. I'm here with Kareem Baruke. Hello, everybody. And Adam Levy. Hey, hey, hey. And today we're going to just uh, test out a new little episode style. I thought this might be cool. We're going to see if it works. It might not work. You might hate it, but it's coming out anyway. It's red flags. Dun, dun, dun. We've been talking about red flags since day one of this show. Absolutely. When we talk about scams and we talk about like, avoiding them oftentimes we talk about red flags in aggregate and how to start to identify projects and problems so here's basically the format here's what we're going to do we're going to talk about today it's going to be costs.io it's a, it's actually something we've covered before in the past i've owned in the past so there are red flags coming out about this we're going to break each one of them down what the red flag is then we're going to talk about why it's red flag but we're also going to do our best to be devil's advocate here as to why it might not be a red flag. What are the possible explanations for why somebody could do this shady thing or have this shady thing occur that wouldn't actually make them being scammers or something like that? And then in the end, we'll kind of give it a little bit of a wrap-up and we'll give it our uh, our verdict on whether we think it's a red flag or not. So I think everybody's on board with that. I kind of Let's dropped, do it. We dropped this on on each other like, five minutes ago so we're gonna we're gonna test this out hopefully it's a fun format hopefully we like it so first things first what is cost.io they're an exchange so they were crypto one-stop shop was the name of the exchange and they were kind of similar to a kucoin or even a binance where they had their own exchange coin that gives you some sort of dividend for holding on to it and it was way back in the day kind of when we started the show only a few months after that I ended up buying some of this, losing a bunch of money on it because it was, you know, buying at the top there. And I used the exchange and I didn't like the interface. And that was a little intern, not a red flag that we're going to discuss, but I ended up selling and getting off there pretty quickly. I, I remember Mike actually, I think he still has this. I haven't talked to him about it, but I, I know he had it for a long time. And they very recently have had some things happen. But the big bulk of this, the biggest red flag in all of this, and the first one that we're going to cover, but the bulk of this story is that they just shut down their exchange for three to four weeks. Oof. And it was of maintenance where they're going to be relaunching a new exchange at the end of this. So they shut it down for withdrawals. Apparently, you can still trade on there. At least you could when this started. So that's the big original catalyst for why this stuff started appearing so it's going to be the first red flag that we cover and here's what it is cost suspended all withdrawals without warning three for three to four weeks not days not hours weeks and <laughs> they, this, and they the said they reason? were migrating to a new platform their new platform migration is the stated reason so what do you think huge red flag Huge. But it's maintenance. They're just, you know, it's just maintenance. <laughs> no, well, <okay. laughs> no, yeah. So, Kareem, why would this be a clear red flag in your opinion? I mean, multiple reasons here. Like, uh, 
first of all, I guess one of the strategies or one of the things that we could do is ignore what companies are saying. Like if we just look at the actions in a vacuum, you know, suspending withdrawals is exactly what basically any company that's in a liquidity crisis is going to do. That's right. going to be like their first step. So now they could put on whatever PR spin they want on it or anything. But we know that on very, very, very rare, unique occasions, a company without the liquidity problem is going to shut down withdrawals. But every single time when a company doesn't have the money and is about to go bankrupt and it's about to have a big problem, they're going to cancel withdrawals. So right, so statistically, we have to assume that these guys are in trouble. And then second of all, to not if you're going to change systems, that means that this is a system that you've been working on for a while because you've been planning on doing an update, mm-hmm. which means that you could have done plenty of preparation. So the fact that you're unleashing it on everybody without any warning would tell me one of two things. You're either short-sighted, massive incompetence, um, or you're lying. And I guess the third possible reason is uh, you know, that they're afraid to trigger a bunch of withdrawals. I, I don't know, but uh, I mean, what else do I need to say here? This is a red flag. So from the devil's advocate perspective, their whole exchange is propped up by this coin that they have that assume, I'm assuming they have a decent amount of and that they're trying to avoid a massive price downturn in this, right? So that one of the ways that they aren't going to lose a bunch of coins is to go into to say we're going to do maintenance in three weeks and then have the coins all dump before their maintenance starts and they have no money left. So you would think that they would give some warning or maybe even just suspend trading on their coin in just itself. Right. Like, okay, you can do whatever you want. You just can't withdraw our coin for now because we're switching over or something like that. But, but they didn't do that. So they, they, they went ahead and went right into this. They also probably would have at least put out some sort of a, now our second red flag is actually related to the timing of the announcement. But for now, if we were just taking this as a vacuum, if they had at least given some warning, then we could say, well, guys, you knew this was coming. Like, this wasn't a big deal. And they're, they could have at least warned everybody and they could have targeted it down to cost coin itself. So I can see why a company would think, hey, let's just hold withdrawals so we don't lose everything that we have in this coin that's value is only tied to our exchange being active. <laughs> Any input on either side of that, Adam? I mean, it just doesn't seem good at all for uh, <laughs> like. It's hard to defend this one. I, I agree. It's very hard to defend this one. I'll move on to the next one. This is even a little bit more indefensible. So we've got that they shut down for three to four weeks with for withdrawals, right? But they also sent the email that they were going to shut down nine minutes after they shut down the withdrawals. It wasn't. There was not only no warning. They didn't do it until after they shut it down. So to me, that's a, I don't know. I won't put my spin on any of this stuff. I'm just going to put the red flag out there and let you guys go. So what do you think? Nine minutes after it was. I mean, as far as red flags go, I don't think that that is a gargantuan red flag. I'd, I'd say it's more of maybe like an amber flag. Um, maybe uh, like via. I, no, I don't know. Isn't that like closer to. I don't know. I don't know the colors. Uh, so, but my point, my point is, is that I think that like that is, it could be a small team. It could just be like ineptitude. Uh, I'm not necessarily defending it. I think nine minutes, we're not talking about like three hours after, you know, nine minutes is just like, it's a small amount of time. 
They literally and, didn't want to give anybody a chance to to do anything with the information. I mean, that's yeah. So I think it's kind of at least still in line with the devil's advocate side of they're just hoping to avoid the cost coin dumping. Yeah, and that would this would fall into that narrative. So if we're giving anybody a pass on that previous red flag, this would kind of be part of it. But I thought they were, they were enough. I felt like they were two separate red flags. No notice and notice after the fact are separate enough that I wanted to that I wanted to keep them separate. So to me, that's more of a makes it seem like more of a panic decision than a thought out decision. Because if it was thought out, it would just go the same time. You would say, okay, we're going to stop this at noon. This email's going out at noon. And everybody's going to find out at the exact same time, not afterwards. So to me, if you're thinking about what people are doing inside the inside the company, holy shit, we need to shut it down for this reason. Go, go, go. Shut down, shut down, shut down. And then while they're shutting it down, somebody's crafting the email. And it took them about nine minutes to write the thing. So that's how I would think about that. So we'll put those red flags behind us. We've, we've done our devil's advocate due on those. Here's the next one. In the cost.io sub or cost.io subreddit, so reddit.com slash r slash cost.io, uh, they're one of the moderators and more of them after this guy were removed as moderators Ooh. because they were not deleting the bad press. So this guy ended up going to a different subreddit and saying, look, guys, I'm a moderator here. One of my first principles was that I didn't remove bad things or FUD. But I would go talk about them and I would help defend costs if I felt like there was a way to defend them. So Reddit moderators are obviously anonymous. So we don't know that these people aren't part of the team. But they removed this guy and others from stopping the negative information. So what do we think about that one? Uh, Typical. I mean, it sucks, but it's kind of sad how prevalent this has become. Let's be real in all kinds of subreddits, whether they're cryptocurrency, political, you know, whatever. You can't uh, even Bitcoin. We know our Bitcoin is very heavily censored and stuff. Don't get me wrong. Right. Don't get me wrong. This is obviously kind of like if I was the CEO of an exchange and I was getting bad publicity and that was being posted on Reddit and I wasn't being shady, I would get on Reddit and do an MAA for the. Uh, subreddit and say, hey, guys, here's what's going on. Here's what's going to happen. Here's how long it's going to last. Whatever. Take some of the fire. But God, man, this has become so common, this type of uh, censorship online. So on the, again, devil's advocate side, one of the things that I'm starting to think in my head is this is the team, right? Like this is, I think the team is doing this that works with cost. So I think one of the moderators is probably part of the team. They got rid of a bunch of people and left only one or two moderators left. But it also could just be somebody who has a huge bag. And if somebody was kind of a real big believer, they have a massive bag, their incentive is to get rid of as much negative news as they can. So while I see it as a red flag, I can also see that it's an adjacent red flag that is only based on the actions of somebody who just can't handle the swings of something like this. So it might just be a rogue individual that's causing these problems and not indicative of a larger issue, this particular piece of the puzzle. So I I think maybe I'm misunderstanding what exactly happened here. So one of the mods was removed because he didn't want to delete the bad press, correct? It wasn't like he was told that, but one one of his reasons was he was vocal in the moderator group that they needed to leave negative things there. 
So he was removed after he kept declining to remove the negative things that were being posted to the subreddit. I mean, I, I think that this is, yeah, like Kareem said, this is a big issue with how, you know, with, with what happens with Reddit subreddits. You know, it starts off pure and then eventually, you know, things go down. I, I remember when I first started joining cryptocurrency subreddits, what was it? Like BTC, RBTC, and then RBitcoin. Yeah. Was, they, were, they were at odds against each other. And then at some point now, like, like you know, you don't know which one is which, which one's a Bitcoin cat, like who I have no idea. So I, when I'm in there, I can't really trust anything that I read. And that is a terrible feeling for any user to have because but you can't you can't even be in the subreddit, really. Yeah. So. I mean, the fact that the Reddit or the uh, moderator was trying to keep the truth out there and then immediately gets removed is definitely a red flag. And look, just real quick, I'm going to go on a tangent because this is one of the main things that we try to emphasize here at Crypto Basic, right? I agree with you, Adam, that all of these environments become so curated and manipulated that we don't really know what we can trust or we feel like we can't trust anything, right? But Mm -hmm. that's just the nature of this new world that we find ourselves in, where there is infinite information available to our fingertips. We could look up anything about everything, and we have so much access to information. But the real skill set that we need to develop for our world is the, the ability to discern good and bad information. You know, in our flagship episode, you mentioned the art of learning. And I think one of the most insightful things he talks about, he's like, to walk a thorny road. You can either pave the whole road or we can make sandals, right? And here we have to make skeptical sandals to be able to just try to and just know that every source nowadays, every news, every channel, every subreddit, everybody's competing for your attention. Everybody's trying to manipulate and control. So we just have to process everything skeptically and to have a process and you know try to build our own reference point, I guess, you know. Yep, that is the bubbles are super important and going outside those bubbles and challenging them is important as well. And things will continue to get the more bubbled down something gets, I think the more likely it is that something will be censored in said bubble. So we try to be upfront about all of our biases, which is why first thing I told you at the beginning of the show was that I did at some point own this coin. Uh, and we we always try to be upfront about any biases in other episodes in the future. So hopefully we don't end up being... An, all the bad stuff people have ever said about us, we've left it out there. We haven't deleted any of it. Not that we can. But you come into our Discord and you tell us we're shit, we will probably agree with you. So anyway, it's an adjacent red flag. Uh, something we'll, we'll revisit that towards the end of the episode. Next up, the CEO. His name is Rune Evanson. So you got to look at sometimes the people behind this. And his last company was a company called Site Talk. And this turns out it was a multi-level marketing company for digital products. So the way it worked was you went on this thing called Site Talk. It was like a pseudo social network that was used like with blogs or something. MySpace was still something that he mentioned back when he had started this thing. And the way the site made money was that you had to convince other people to join the site and then convince other people to join the site. Even though people sold digital products in some fashion. It was mostly about getting people to pay to join the site. So it was multi-level marketing, but on the internet. So, you know, similar to how BitConnect was multi-level marketing, but on blockchain. 
And you can go to behindmlm.com. I actually have the link in the description. And it kind of gives a, a quick breakdown of what Unaiko and Psych Talk were at the time. And tells you what the differences are between them and who runs them. Anyway, so that was that was this guy. He ran an MLM in the past. What do we think about that? I mean, <laughs> what do you think <laughs> I think about that? I think it's great. No, I, yeah, I mean, obviously, if you're running an MLM and then now you're, you're now in a sketchy situation with a crypto exchange, then it's not good. As we all know, running an MLM is the perfect transition to run an ICO. <laughs> yeah, so the argument against this one is because the argument for is the dude's running an MLM. You know, one, there's a couple things. One, maybe he wasn't entirely involved or something like that. Maybe he didn't understand how it was like an MLM. Maybe he's changed also. Like, you know, there's there's definitely things that I did in 2012 that I don't think that I would continue to do today as a human. But one of them wasn't scam people. So it's like it's it's kind of hard to find where does the the line draw of human nature here with this person or this person's nature versus a mistake that they made, a site that they got involved with that they didn't completely understand. So if you know, I've never seen what he said about owning this site or being a part of this, but if maybe the devil's advocate here is that if he came out and distanced himself from this and he's like, guys, I don't like this site. I I was a part of it. Very, I just invested. I made a couple posts. I realized it was stupid that it was an MLM. I didn't want to keep doing whatever. Maybe there's something like that where you <laughs> can see somebody getting off the hook, but we're not seeing that. And what we're seeing is people doing research into this guy now, as opposed to then and realizing, Oh snap, like there's this big dark spot from his past. Yep. Yeah, totally. So as a, so I did a little, like maybe there aren't any red, I did some of my own research just now and I checked him out on Twitter, Varun Evanson. He hasn't tweeted since December, like before this happened. And I am curious, you know, ultimately as soon as you go to cost.io, it literally pops up right away saying, Hey, this is what's going on. Yeah, maybe there's some bad grammar because he's not American. But I do want, and it says to go into the COS Telegram. So now I kind of want to hop in the COS Telegram. Yeah, and- go in there and post something negative and see how long it takes you to get banned. So that isn't a red flag that I had even thought about. But the fact that he hasn't posted on Twitter since this happened, that that's another red flag of to course. me. Of course, you want to be out there and defending. If you're the CEO of a company that's doing something this radical and this crazy out of nowhere, you should have a statement of some kind on your Twitter because where's the first place that somebody in cryptocurrency is going to go look to see what's happening? You know, yeah, we don't like that Charles Hoskins is trying to fight people on Twitter, but the dude has hour long AMAs weekly, basically on Twitter. And just talks about what's happening with Cardano in case you're ever wondering what's going on. You know, so there will be people who are like, oh, Cardano's moving so slow. And they can even list that as a red flag of what's going on with Cardano. But you're never going to go to Charles Hoskinson's Twitter and find he hasn't updated it since 2016. Even when he quit Twitter, he kept tweeting. So, yeah, this guy hasn't said anything since 
2018. Also, could be that that's not their primary no, communication channel. It's been it's been like three or weeks. What, or, yeah, sorry, but, st- but still, I agree. The fact that you're not uh, actually, you know, communicating, saying, "Hey, this is what has happened." You there know. should be like daily updates, weekly updates, literally like here's what we're doing, here's why we're doing it, here's our accounts, like whatever. When you're doing something this crazy, you need to understand the ramifications of your actions and at least provide some base level of transparency so people don't do what we're doing right now and release an episode about how you're red flagging. So I would love to be able to defend this guy based on a post that he made. We're, all our devil's advocate things are not coming from the team, they're coming from us. We're making up the reasons why. This could possibly be not a scam. So we just covered the the Twitter red flag, but moving on to more about this Ruin Evanson guy. He was connected with a guy named Sebastian Greenwood on LinkedIn. He removed that connection on LinkedIn during a thing that just happened, but but Sebastian Greenwood was the top seller in the OneCoin scam, which we have mentioned as a multi-level marketing scam that got massive over in China. I can't even remember the number, but it was huge. And he was the number one seller. So Rune took him off as a connection once one coin went down. But all you had to do was go back to Rune's original site, Site Talk, and find that they had a connection then. They hmm. were still friends back in the Site Talk days. So just looking better and better. The red flag here is he's friends with another guy who's a massive scammer the obvious devil's advocate being well whatever just because he's friends with the guy doesn't mean anything but we're taking these things in aggregate and he even removed the connection he's like oh shit i better distance myself from this guy so he knew he knew that there was something going on here for what it's worth i think that i have i have like over 500 linkedin connections a lot of them are through poker I would not be surprised if I was somehow connected to a scammer. Yes. I think it can kind of just happen. Sometimes you just accept LinkedIn requests. They look like, oh, this is legitimate. This guy's doing something in the same space I'm in. Cool. Accept. Uh, but, you, you know, like LinkedIn is a little... You Sometimes you have like some close friends on there. Friends that you have definitely, you know, like known in person in the past outside of work and then there's just some people who just pop in you're just like okay like except you seem legitimate so i can sympathize i guess but i i think of all the red flags i think this is the least damning one but it just kind of piles on there are definitely ways you could be connected to this person on linkedin without actually caring who they are we i didn't see any back and forth between them and there's going to be people that w- we're both. Ca- I, I don't check my LinkedIn ever. I think my LinkedIn still says I work at uh, Turn and Driver Equities. Mm-hmm. Vitalik, is- Vitalik has a LinkedIn and it just is like, I don't check this. <laughs> like, <laughs> stop messaging me. I got lucky that I checked that one day when we ended up be- going to Beyond Blocks. That was how they found us was on was on LinkedIn. But nice. But the fact that he was connected via this scam site and the way they were connected was like they commented on each other's blogs back then makes it more of a red flag than not a red flag. I don't know. So, but yes, this could just be a random connection between the two people. So that's it to recap. They shut this thing down without saying it. It was nine minutes afterwards. So it seems like panic mode. They've got the subreddit shutting everything down. The CEO hasn't said anything on Twitter or anything. He, his last thing that he ran was an MLM and he's possibly connected and friends with, a massive scammer from OneCoin. All that considered, all that together, 
Kareem, what are your thoughts on, is that a scam? It's a scam, and then when he's gone. Wave the red flag. It's a scam. No, 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 no. That's a scam. So Kareem and Adam have weighed in. I'm weighing in. I also believe that Cosio is a scam. I am sorry for anyone who happens to be on Cosio. In fact, Brant, I believe, owned it at some point. He's one of the, he's been on the show. He's in the Discord. It's, uh, I, I don't see this working out for anyone involved. I wish that this is something I'd looked into more at the time. Again, this isn't something I felt like I needed to blast when I decided to get rid of the cost that I had. I just, I don't even remember what the experience was. It wasn't like Cryptopia where I went, I was like, holy shit, this thing is barely being held together by, by duct tape and sand. Like, right. this is not, this is not good. There was just something that irked me about it on the site and I decided I wanted out. And in fact, I think if I had stayed, I probably would have made money if I had sold at any point up until like, you know, now. So I, I, I think I got out towards the bottom, but I was just like, no, this is bad. I don't like this. I don't know. I don't. I wish I remembered why I do. I was in a, a chat that I probably said my reasons, but when I got hacked and I changed my number, I left, I left that chat. So that was the end of it. So I think we all agree that this is cost.io exit scamming, and we'll revisit this in three to four weeks on the on the flagship or. Honestly, if we're wrong, if these guys open back up and everybody has their money, we're going to come out here and we're going to eat some fucking crow. And we're going to talk about how we were wrong about all these red flags lining up. I don't think we are, but I'm happy to. Yep. And, and if we do, we should try to analyze, uh, you know, what, where and why, you know, what assumptions we made that maybe we didn't take into account, how our biases played a role. But more than likely, we'll just be telling you, see? <laughs> yeah it's just gonna be maybe like every quarter we'll have an i told you so episode <laughs> we just go back and and get out but i i wish we were able to call this one before it happened like we have in the past but this is this is just something in the midst of being a red, a red flag and scam and it's happening so that's it i think that's the end of our red flag episode there quick 30 minutes there i think it was interesting i had fun what'd you guys think yeah it was fun different yep As usual, we can never tell you where to invest, but we can tell you where not to put your money. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, of course, none of this is financial advice. This is all for entertainment. And if you want some more entertainment, join our Discord. Become patrons on Patreon, and we will see you right here next time we release an episode, whenever that is. All right.